Hello and welcome to yet another edition of JTS. And I am Noah Johanningsmeyer, joined alongside Ryan Locke. And we're going to be previewing the college basketball season here today. And Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We're ready to talk about some college basketball and excited for the game starting tomorrow. And we're going to start off by arguing what our top 10 should be put together. Starting with number one, I think this is pretty clear cut. Ryan, who do you have there? I have Gonzaga. They made it to the national championship last season, brought in some great talent with Chet Holmgren. And overall, I think this team's just going to continue the success they had last season. Yeah, I'm going to completely agree with you. So our put together top 10 is going to start off with Gonzaga at one. But who do you have at number two? At number two, I have the UCLA Bruins. I think that this UCLA team is going to show the potential they showed in the tournament where they made that Final Four run and lost to a buzzer beer to the Gonzaga Bulldogs in the Final Four, followed behind Johnny Juzang being All-American this season. I agree with you that UCLA has the potential to be up here, and they're going to be right around this spot. But at number two, I think it has to be Texas. I think Marcus Carr leading this team, Andrew Jones, this, this team is going to be great. I think this team is number two. I think that this team is too new to have this high because they lost a whole lot of talent in the offseason with Kai Jones and Greg Brown. And they brought in Crispy here to replace that, but to replace and build a whole new squad around that team. But I think that with them being too new, I have them at three instead. I will, I'll, I'll let you have UCLA here. I'll give you UCLA here. I'll let UCLA be at two because you do have a good point with Texas being just put together over the offseason. A new head coach. It's going to be hard to say that they're this high, but I mean, having them at three, not really disrespecting them either. So since UCLA at two, Texas at three, what do you think four is? At four, the Kansas Jayhawks. This team is very interesting. They have Jalen Wilson returning. And they brought in Remy Martin, who was Arizona State's leading scorer at 19 points per game over the transfer portal. So they brought in some nice transfers. But I think this team plays with a lot of explosiveness and wants to play that fast-paced basketball throughout. And I think if with what they brought in this season, they're going to be able to do that. For me, it has to be the Michigan Wolverines. They're bringing back Hunter Dickinson, the freshman of the year in the Big Ten last year. And then they're bringing in quite possibly the best class in college basketball, the best recruiting class. Jawan Howard has proven he's a good coach. And Eli Brooks coming back for yet another year, going to be dominant. Hunter Dickinson, Brooks, and that great recruiting class. I think this team has to be number four. I, I like where you have them. I can see them being over Kansas. I like Caleb Houston as the number seven overall recruit on ESPN. I think that he's going to have a big year for this Michigan's team scoring-wise. So we are going to put Michigan at number four. But so for number five, you got who or who do you got? Number five is where I had Michigan. So all right. Do you think Kansas takes that spot or I think it's either Kansas or Nova. And I I think I'll give Kansas the nod. Just just slightly. Just barely over Nova. I think the Jayhawks. They're bringing back enough talent, and then they're also bringing in a lot of transfers. Villanova, if actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue actually, because we at two three use the logic of Texas was put together in the off season, so they're at three. UCLA stays because they they 
They are retaining most of their squad from last year. Nova is bringing back their entire squad from last year. And I think I think they got to be at five. But Kansas is bringing back their leading score from last season, too. And they're bringing back three of their top five starters from last season. I think you, I think you got to go with Colin Golubski and the Nova Wildcats. I'm a Big East hater. I never, every time there's a good Big East team, I never see them as good as they end up being. And they never, last so, time so, they proved so it since to you me, just, since you just admitted that you never see them as good as they end up being, we might as well put them at five oh, and before, the Jayhawks at six. Nice job. Thanks. Thanks for providing the evidence for me, Ryan. All right. So who do you have at six? And that's where I have the Purdue Boilermakers. For me, I'm a little confused because I have Purdue at seven, but I don't see a team that well, is ahead of them. Are we going to put Kansas there? Or Yes, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Kansas. Man. Um, yeah. All right. So, so we got... All right, I'm going to read off the top six so far that me and Ryan have put together. Gonzaga, number one. UCLA, number two. Texas three, Michigan four, Villanova five, Kansas six, five and six, heavily disputed. I think we, we got it right. And now seven. I think we're going to agree on this. What, who do you have? I have the Purdue Boilermakers bringing back all their talent from last season and adding on two players and uh, Trey Kaufman and uh, Caleb first is going to be big additions to that team, especially when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. I think Caleb first impact on this team is being heavily underrated. Everyone's looking at how Jaden Ivey, Zachy and Trevion Williams are top players in the nation and not really looking at the rest of this team, but guys like Brandon Newman, he showed potential. He dropped 30 points against Minnesota last season. He can definitely ball. And then there's also guys like Ethan Morton, the four star out of Pennsylvania, his freshman year, he dealt with mono. Don't really know what to expect from him, but hope that he can have a better season this year. So Ethan Morton, Brandon Newman, they can definitely improve. So Purdue has more than just Jaden Ivey and Trevion Williams, Zach Eady, who are definitely going to be great players all around. And now moving on to number eight, since we have Purdue at seven, who do you have at number eight? I have the Duke Blue Devils. They had, my opinion, the best class in college draft ball, recruiting class-wise. They brought in... Paolo Bantero, who's the best freshman, in my opinion, in college basketball this year. They brought in uh, Trevor Keels, who is an underrated scorer, number 20 overall in his class. A.J. Griffin, number seven in his class, who's a big, strong power forward. And Griffin's going to come off the bench, which I shows the depth this Blue Devils team has this year. And they can do it all offensively. They can shoot the ball. They can dominate down low in the paint. And I just see this team being a force. So you said your number eight is the number one recruiting class. So I'm going to agree with that fact, but I'm going to disagree with your number one recruiting class. I'm going to say the number one recruiting class is the Memphis Tigers. They got Imani Bates, Jalen Duran. Everybody knows those names. They obviously reclassified, might not be as good as Paulo Manchero, but they're still going to make huge impact. And they also got Josh Minot. Uh, four star, 44th in his class, Jonathan Lawson and John Camden. And then they also were NIT champions last year. I think putting all of that together and just they have some experience and then they'll also have an infusion of young, great talent with Coach Penny Hardaway. 
I think they're at eight. They're losing their biggest name for last season, Boogie Ellis, which is who brought that whole team together. And I don't think Imani Bates is as good as people think. I am a big Imani, big, like, I think Imani and Chet Holmgren are going to be two people who drop off their stock during the college basketball season. I agree that their stock could drop, but I still think Imani Bates and Duran together under Hardaway, they're going to put up amazing numbers. And overall, this team, they they don't really have that difficult of a schedule. I know that shouldn't really be. It's just talent-based, what, what we think, they're, how they're going to perform. I think this is the number eight team. I cannot go with that. I have, I could argue four teams I'd take over Memphis right now. And despite as me, as I'm looking over the, at Ryan's note card, he has the Memphis Tigers at ten, so he actually I, he has two teams. But I could argue the other two that I was debating playing over them earlier. But what I'm gonna say right now is I agree. Duran and Imani alone should be enough to get them to a top ten team. But I just don't see them having the talent over Duke, who also is bringing back Wendell Moore Jr. and uh, Jeremy Roach, who both were great scorers last year for them, who are just gonna only improve. And I'm gonna wait for this next year. I'll argue. Here's the rankings. The rankings I would give you. I'll give Kentucky Wildcats at eight, the Tigers at nine, and the Blue Devils at ten. I I can put the Wildcats above, of uh, above the Tigers right now. But I don't think Duke is actually that good. Paul Blanchero is going to be a great player, but I don't think he's enough to bring him. All the way ahead of Memphis and Kentucky. I think Manchero is going to be better than Zion. What Zion was for that Duke team, Manchero is going to be more meaningful for them this year and is going to be more dominant than what Zion was in college basketball. I completely disagree with you. I think Zion obviously is not having the greatest NBA career yet and he's been struggling, had a lot of injuries. Maybe Manchero could have a better NBA career. But he will not be more dominant than Zion Williamson was while at Duke. And Zion also had R.J. Barry and Cameron Reddish. It doesn't even compare and that Turo Duke team. dropped 38 in a private scrimmage against Villanova this year already. Which is not being talked about because of it being a private scrimmage. Oh, but, man. Those private scrimmages. Let me guess. Ben Shero had 9,000 played 40 minutes. <laughs> no, not at all, actually. It, there's no documentation at all. Is it, it, how they didn't let a single person in the scrimmage at all except the players playing in it and the coaches. So I have no idea. The only inside source is from the coaches themselves. So that's all I'm going to listen to. But if Ben Shero will be a great player, okay? I, no argument against that, but he will not be that dominant. And I think, I don't even think he's going to be the leading scorer this year. I have Trevor Keels leading that offense, who I think is a very. You underrated. think he's going to be more dominant than Zion Williamson and not lead his team in scoring? Zion didn't lead his team scoring. RJ Barrett led that team. <laughs> I just think that I think Kills is. Then gonna, why don't you have Duke at number one? Because if you think that this is better than the Zion team, I was why aren't they I was one? thinking about playing Duke over at number five, but I had to choose. I chose the uh, I chose experience over talent, raw talent. Since you are going so crazy and saying this team is better. Then the Zion Williamson led team, I'm gonna just give it to you and just let you put them at eight, just because you're taking taking a limb on that one. So whatever. Now nine, 
I know I said if we agreed on Duke falling back, I would put Kentucky over Memphis, but no. This is the Memphis Tigers. No, Give I'm, me Jalen Duran no, and Imani Bates. I'm, ar- I'm arguing with this. This I'm not choosing. I'm not letting raw talent over experience happen. That's what made me drop Duke down my rankings, and that's what's going to make me drop Memphis down. The Memphis Tiger. Right, I was going right. to not even rank Memphis Tiger. Within, all right, you got this. Okay, was, I'll, I'll hand you this because we, we set it on 2-3. We set it on 5-6. I'll, I'll leave it on 9-10. It can be Wildcats then Tigers. <laughs> uh, but my two other two teams I was thinking about playing over the Memphis Tigers was Baylor and Illinois. Baylor was because they're coming off a national championship, and I don't know who's going to step up yet. That's why I ended up playing Memphis over them. And the Illinois is Kofi. That's my main reason. Kofi Coburn. Kofi and Curbelo. Who's I think Kofi's going to win Big Ten Player of the Year possibly this year. So... It's All right. just based off talent. And now moving on, we're going to be talking about the AP poll a little bit here. It's going to be AP poll, start of the season. We're going to start with a top 10 team that by the end of the year, we think will be unranked. Who do you think that will be? That's where I put Baylor. I think Baylor is talented. I think they'll be one of the 11 seeds coming to the tournament possibly, but I just don't see them dominating like they did last year with all, how much they lost. They lost the mullet man. They lost Jared Butler and they lost Davion Mitchell. That's three top scorers from last season. They're losing and they have didn't bring in any big names for this incoming season. I'm going to agree with you. Losing Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler, like just those two guys, it's going to be so hard to recover from that. They're probably going to start off slow. Maybe they get things going late in the season. They have a great coach, but... I don't think that they're going to play that well this year. I think they're being a little overhyped just because of last year's national championship, but they lost so much of that roster. They're not the same team. I think they're going to fall outside of the top 10. And then we're going to move to the opposite of what we just said, and we're going to go with unranked to top 10. I have the Indiana Hoosiers here. I think that with Trace Jackson Davis, I think that Trace Jackson Davis is finally going to live up to the hype. He's gone. He was finished as a all Big Ten first team player last year, and he's just going to improve his junior year. And then also they brought in other talents around him through the transfer portal, keeping players. And I think this team's going to thrive through their new head coach. I agree that Indiana could uh, surprise some people this year. I don't really think they'll climb up to the top ten, but it's definitely possible. For me, it's it's a proven head coach. That's it. This is the team I'm talking about. They have a proven head coach. Indiana doesn't really have a proven head coach. They're really going out on the limb on that one. It's definitely a possibility. But for me, it's Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans. That team, they're bringing back a lot of talent from last year. They're bringing in a key transfer from Northeastern. If I could remember his name, I would say it, but he's a, he's going to be running point guard for them this year. He put up a lot of points last season, and I think this Spartan team, with Tom Mizzo leading the way, is going to get themselves inside the top 10. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that one. I like Tom Mizzo leading the Michigan State Spartans. Big transfers, like you said, were brought in from Izzo. And overall, this team's going to be nice looking overall. <laughs> also, speaking of that, I think that a team who I'm leaving out, and 
Maryland's ranked. So Maryland and Tennessee were two teams that if they weren't ranked, I would have put over Indiana because I like those teams a lot. But since they were both, I want to say Tennessee at 18 is very, it's surprising. I don't think they're going to get out like, and Max Christie, by the way, for Michigan State is my big guy who I think is going to be a stud for Michigan State this upcoming season. Yeah, he definitely could make an impact. And I also think Tyson Walker, who is the transfer from Northeastern, finally figured that out. Tyson Walker is going to be a great player. And Max Christie, the great recruit Tom Izzo brought in. The, those guys put together, going to light up the scoreboards all season long. And now we're going to move on to some picks. And the first one, Kansas versus Michigan State. It's tomorrow night, the Champions Classic. Ooh, I think I'm going to take Kansas in this. I know you're just hyping up Michigan State and how they're going to finish top within the top 10 or be a top 10 team at some point this year. I think that Kansas is going to show with the experience they have compared to Michigan State right now. Michigan State's bringing in a lot of recruits that are newer, and I think that Foster Lawyer and Michigan State will not get the job done against Kansas. Foster Lawyer transferred to Davidson. I know, first it's just off. funny. okay so don't know why that was mentioned but i'm gonna take michigan state in this game i was just trying to downplay kansas in the top 10 i think they're a little high ranked they're still a top 10 squad don't get me wrong they're definitely a top 10 squad but i also said i think michigan state is a top 10 squad and with Tyson Walker like I was just saying and Max Christie those two guys tomorrow night are going to prove to the nation what this team's made of and they might fly into the top 15 on the next day people it wouldn't even shock me if just a week into the season my team that I predicted from going unranked to top 10 is already in the top 15 because I think they will beat this Kansas Jayhawk team and they might even do it like double-digit win and now a game Ryan you told me you're a little bit nervous about this one coming from a Kentucky fan perspective you just told me this is better than the Zion led team let me just think back to the Zion team versus Kentucky that's where when Kentucky got ran off the court absolutely demolished and is that the same year they lost to Evansville yeah. Uh, no, that was the next year. The next year. Okay, so this was the Tyler Hero year. Tyler. Yeah. So Kentucky just absolutely got demolished when they played that team that's way worse than the team playing this year for Duke. So how could you pick Kentucky? So what made me choose Kentucky is experience. The, the, the freshman team that that Kentucky team was the number one class recurring class number two actually behind Duke. Because Duke always had the number one that year. You can't make an argument but about senior I was just, I'm saying experience when it was Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying that both teams were very new. But this game, the difference is Kentucky actually has experience, which is good. When early games in college basketball is when I like to choose experience over raw talent. When the teams are have better chemistry with each other. The players are going to be better. They're going to understand the college defenses and college coaching a lot better compared to the freshman players who are coming off high school and AAU experiences. But what what tells you about Kentucky that they actually have chemistry? Because 
all offseason long, I heard Kentucky's is good because of this recruit coming in, this recruit, and this transfer, and this transfer. That's what I heard from you off season, all offseason. And if it's because of this transfer, this transfer, this recruit, this recruit, that's making them good. They're no different than than Duke. They, they're just going to build the, the team these transfers, for chemistry these transfers, in November and December. These transfers, not have, over. these transfers have the college experience that Duke has not. And as I saw this week earlier, I saw Salvi Wheeler show off his leadership as a veteran in this Kentucky Wildcat team to help feed the energy and get this Kentucky team a lot more energized this week, past week, when they were playing Miles College, which is something freshmen never do. You never see that out of a freshman that picks up his leadership role and shows that, which is a big thing in college basketball as a player. A freshman never shows leadership in the history of college basketball. That early is, on, early on, that's in the season, crazy. Early on in the season. I've seen, because as a longtime Kentucky fan, I've seen players like Anthony Davis himself and Michael K. Gilchrist, who Michael K. Gilchrist led that whole team. And it was a big reason they won the national championship that year through the defense and Getting that defense energized constantly. It's about energy, I think, in college basketball. And if you have the veteran who can energize your team, I see you winning. Originally, I had Kentucky winning this game. But your arguments, you've convinced me that Duke is way better than Kentucky. You've told me that Paulo Benchero, he's going to dominate. He's going to be more dominant than Zion Williamson, who is quite possibly one of the most dominant players in college basketball history during his time at Duke. They also have Wendell Moore Jr. coming back for his junior season. There's some experience. He's been at he's been at Duke all of his career. And he is Coach K. In his last season, Coach K is gonna start off with a good one. He's gonna absolutely wipe Kentucky off the court, just like Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett did. That is where I think you're wrong. This Kentucky team's experience is going to give them the win this week. I think that later on in the year, Duke would take this game. But right now, early on in the year, I think I have UK winning. So you think if this matchup comes in March, Duke's going to win? Unless I see something different about this Kentucky team from right now, then yes. All right. Now getting past the Champions Classic, two other top five matchups both occurring over the weekend, starting with Villanova versus UCLA Friday night. Give me the UCLA Bruins. I love this team coming into the season. Have them number two overall. And I think they, at some point, may take the number one spot over Zaga after Zaga ends up losing this upcoming matchup. And I think that this UCLA Bruins team is going to be very disruptive for a bunch of these ranked teams. They have scheduled early on this year. And I think that Johnny Juzang will keep up what he showed in the tournament and Jack Huss Jr. and Payne Waston. And uh, what's the guard's name? Um, I can't. I forgot though. We all have those moments, as Ty was, or as Tyson Walker of Michigan State knows. <laughs> but uh, as I remember this name, uh, I think that this team has the talent to go very far and be a national championship team, which they fell short of last season as an 11 seed. All right, so. What you wanted to say in the Champions Classic is experience, experience, experience. That's what I heard from you. And that's Tyson also- Campbell. Remember his name before I mean or Tiger Campbell. All right. So you wanted to say experience, experience, experience. 
you wanted that in the A people or not the A people, the Ryan and Noah poll, which had uh, UCLA at two and Villanova at five, by the way. So if we're going experience, 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 why aren't we taking the team with 10 upperclassmen? Because, again, I hate Villanova, big Villanova hater, big East hater. And Villanova, every year I choose them to be good. They have not been good. So I'm going to go with my gut feeling and say Villanova is going to fall off this year. I'm saying Colin Gillespie wins this game for the Wildcats. Gillespie is not that good. I, I, every time I watch Gillespie play, um, he has not proven once to me that he's as good as he's been named as. I've never seen Gillespie been like, oh, dang, that's a shot that uh, from a big time name that that team needs right there, right now. And Gillespie has yet to prove that to me in any big games of his career. Have you watched every single big game of his career? Not, I've been, I can say I have not watched every big game of his career, but in the tournaments, they lose. I have watched. I just think Justin Moore and Colin Gillespie, the senior and junior guard tandem is going to be too much for UCLA, and that's why I've got Villanova. And now going on to a great game. Absolutely fantastic. We both had these teams in our top three in preseason rankings. The Gonzaga Dogs versus the Texas Longhorns. Give me the Longhorns. I don't. As much as I hate to say that a team with Devin Askew on it is that good, it is. Marcus Carr is going to... And when he's on, coming off the bench, he's not a problem. He's going to barely get any playing time this year. He's not good enough to get any playing time for that Texas team, which is... Mo- is going to make them be the top team they're going to be this year. We're going to see Marcus Carr lead this team into a win. And plus, I think that what they brought in to replace Kai Jones, Greg Brown, and more is just unbelievable. And they have one of the best coaches in college basketball, in my opinion, Chris Beard. Chris Beard has consistently shown that he knows how to coach a team. I agree that Texas has potential to win this game. Right now, I've... I've been going back and forth with my mind. I, I have Texas circled, at, which means I picked them, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that right You're now. You're going to change what? Basically every game <laughs> except the, I guess. I, I, took, I took MSU and Villanova. I went oh, stuck with. Well, so yeah. it's just, I'm thinking right now, Marcus Carr is a great player. He puts up a lot of points, but he played for Minnesota for three years. <laughs> Those points were very meaningless. <laughs> Those points did not really amount to much. This, in our mind, is a top three matchup in the nation. Marcus Carr has never played under that much pressure in his entire career. I don't know. I don't know what type of player Marcus Carr is. And I'm going to go and give him the benefit of the doubt because I saw him beat Purdue. (laughs) So, so, So I am going to take Texas in this game. Chris Beard, also a Purdue killer. So I don't want to see Purdue play Texas, just to be clear. <laughs> so I'm going to take Texas in this game over Gonzaga. Don't get me wrong. Gonzaga is going to put up a fight. They have great players all around. Obviously being no, led by Drew Timmy and Chet Holgram. Chet's going to show his true bust potential right now. This game. And Drew Timmy is going to be Drew Timmy. He's going to be a good player. But we're going to see Chet Holmgren be a bust and only have... Less than six points in this game. 
Less than six points. He will be held under six points this game. How many points do you think Marcus Carr scores? 17-16. I think Andrew Jones will be the leading scorer of this game. Maybe Drew Timmy. I think Texas in this game goes or doesn't go with Marcus Carr. Even if Andrew Jones scores 20 points, I think Marcus Carr, just how he plays overall, how consistent he is throughout the game, I think it goes... It's all about how Marcus Carr performs. And it's really about the defense. Because when Eric Hunter Jr. locked down Marcus Carr, then Marcus Carr couldn't beat Purdue. So you got to see <laughs> the guards. <laughs> you got to see the guards well, on Gonzaga, Gonzaga play Gonzaga great Gonzaga left, lost Jalen Suggs. So, and now they bring in Nolan Hickman, who's the worst guard in the nation. I don't know why he's a traitor, but he just... Decided to switch up last second on Kentucky. So we're, we're going to see him struggle. This is going to be the battle of traders. Devin Askew versus Nolan Hickman in this matchup. It's going to be very interesting watching those two come off the bench and fight, possibly throw hands with each other, arguing who had a better and bigger impact on Kentucky this past season and making them lose every game. So Ryan has some personal vendettas in a lot of these games. He does. I mean, seriously, right now you're picking <laughs> Texas because of personal vendetta. You hate Big East. You hate Villanova. So that's UCLA. You oh, got Kentucky. And Johnny Juzang. <laughs> you love that man on UCLA. And, and then Kentucky. Kentucky. You just pick Kentucky because you're a Kentucky fan. I actually picked Kentucky over experience. And I was really this close to choosing Duke. But I had to choose experience because I've seen too many times where experience wins games. And Run. then in this Kansas game, where's the vendetta in that one? That's the one I don't really know what's happening there, but whatever, it's fine. So the one thing that I'm going to end the show on, you're not prepared for this at all. Who is your national champion? Oh, whoa, whoa. UCLA. Can you give me a couple of reasons? Like I said, they have the splash bros of college basketball, Johnny Juzang, Jack Quez Jr. Those two experienced together. From coming off, I saw what those two could do in the tournament last year, and they added Payne Watson to that offense. I just think this team's too talented to not finish what they tried to start last season. Right now, there's one team in college basketball that has a fair shot at winning the national championship. I'm just kidding. That that's not that's a lie. Every single team, 358 <laughs> teams have a fair shot at winning the national championship. And my pick right now on November 8th at 4:43 p.m., which is way too early to pick a national champion, is Purdue, which is very much a biased pick for me. But just as I was saying, when we put them at number seven in our rankings, in our preseason top 10. I just think overall, you got Jaden Ivey, Zach Eady, Trevion Williams, all going to be unstoppable forces on offense all season long. Mason Gillis, once he gets back from his suspension, going to be a glue guy for the Boilermakers. And then you got Brandon Newman, a 3 and D guy. He will play great defense and he'll be able to knock down the three. And Eric Hunter Jr. can lock down literally any guard in the country. He shut down Marcus Carr most of the matchups they played. and Most. <laughs> I, it was all but one, okay? 
and he didn't even play that good. He was like, what, five for 15, but he's still like 25 points somehow because that's like the Carson Edwards way. But, <laughs> but yeah, and then you got Caleb first, Trey Kaufman. Obviously, we don't really know how well those guys will play. And I'll even put Ethan Morton in the same box as Caleb first and Trey Kaufman because those three guys... They all have such high ceilings, but obviously we don't know if they'll be able to reach those. And the only thing the Boilermakers lost from last season is Aaron Wheeler, who was a great team guy, but production on the court really was not at that level. All right. Very interesting. But does Purdue have any Johnny Juzangs? <laughs> yes. Who? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on a story here. <laughs> We're going to travel to Ohio State in late January. Oh, I, actually, I know, I know this exact story. <laughs> I watched this game so, <laughs> that I'm talking to. I watched Mr. Jay and Ivy take over that game in the fourth quarter. In the fourth or, quarter? Oh, no, sorry. When, before Travion decided that he's going to get the ball every play of overtime. No, that was the Big Ten tournament. I'm no, talking you're, about. You're talking about before the Big Ten tournament. I'm talking about late January. Oh, the Boilermakers travel to the Buckeyes home arena late in the game. Matt Painter draws up a play. Shasha Stevanovich <sighs> sets up a screen for Jaden Ivy. I'm almost certain that Jaden Ivy was supposed to drive for the tie or give it to Shasha for a three, but no. Jaden Ivey, step back three, game winner. That is Jaden Ivey's way. And that man is clutch. And he will be able to lead this Boilermaker team. And we saw Trevion Williams absolutely feast on Ohio State, even though they lost that game. In the Big Ten tournament, we saw those two guys with the potential to close out games. I watched them get, sh- I watched them get exposed by Dwayne Washington. What if they didn't have a 20-point deficit at half? <laughs> like, that would have been great. But, what? A, but yeah, so the Boilermakers all around. About, they, I'm going to name one team. Do you even want me to name this team? Sure. The first round of the NCAA tournament. <laughs> We're saying North Texas? Yeah, Purdue went over. Okay. That, everybody has that happened to him. I mean, Virginia lost to UMBC first round and then went and won a national championship. And earlier today, I heard from the great Mr. Shankel, an IU fan, how is Matt Painter going to keep everyone happy this season? They have that much talent that the question this year is how is Matt Painter going to keep everyone happy? If everyone's not happy, then there goes the talent. That doesn't even make any sense, but... Okay, right. That's why Aaron Wheeler transferred. Because he knew that Caleb first, Trey Kaufman, Mason Gillis, there'd be no room left for him. And just, can you tell me how a team can stop Zach Eady and Trevion Williams? One of them or both of them will be on the court for an entire game. I cannot. Actually, I can actually. The Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> how? That Mark Williams, the most athletic man I've ever seen in my history of looking at a player in college basketball. So you're saying Duke is the best team in the history of college basketball, but they will lose to UCLA. Yeah. So are we saying 
They it's lose. Like, it's they, like how Gonzaga was last year. They were supposed to be the greatest team in college basketball history until they played Butler and Baylor. Baylor. And when they, <laughs> hopefully, I'm happy it wasn't Butler. All right. So, so the story here, we're going to get Ryan's outlook on the Duke Blue Devils season. So game one, lost to Kentucky. <laughs> then you go on a 38-game winning streak to the national championship, play against UCLA. Johnny Juzang drops 60 no, to win the national six, championship. And the dude, all right, how many? He's got 35. 35. Johnny Juzang. Uh, 35 on the top. Actually, I'm going to go. This game's going to overtime, so he's actually going to score 40, okay? <laughs> he's going to score four, no, 42. He's going to score seven points in overtime. So Johnny Juzang ends the Duke Blue Devil 38-game win streak, which likes to happen, especially with some Kentucky teams. Those teams like to okay. end 38-game win streaks. It was actually 30. Oh, wait. It, it was 38. Uh, 38 yes. Okay, let's just so let's the Duke, get off that topic. <laughs> Duke Blue Devils, 38-2, national champion runner-ups, and Johnny Juzang, greatest player in college basketball history. But Paulo Benchero, very close with his dominance. He's going to be the next green for UCLA. So he's staying multiple years in multiple championships. Two straight back-to-back championships. And last season, he tied Kareem's scoring record in the NCAA tournament. So this just makes sense. You're hearing it right here. Johnny Juzang is better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell what I just did, I moved the microphone away from Ryan as we are now going to end this edition of JTS, Johannes Vibe Talk Sports with friends. And thanks, Ryan, for joining. Don't actually talk, though, because you're just going crazy over there. And thank you guys for listening.